No. Coming before the Lord, um, we receive this gospel, and as I mentioned in the beginning of the Mass, it's the third Sunday in a row where we've been doing these scrutinies, where we meditate three Sundays in a row. The first Sunday on how he is the way. Second, he is the truth. And today, he is the life. And with today, we find Jesus in a situation where he could have saved Lazarus. He didn't have to let him die. In fact, the gospel at the beginning, it emphasizes how Jesus knew he was sick and still waited for two more days. He makes it there, and there's these two beautiful encounters, one with Martha and the other with Mary, where on the first one with Martha, being ever practical, she asks the same question that Mary will ask. Basically saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus responds to Martha. And we find out that Jesus is going to use this moment to teach. He wants to guide us so that our lack of faith might be reaffirmed. He's going to shout out that he is the resurrection and the life. And Martha, before that, she says she believes. She believes that he will resurrect all of us on the last days. But no, Jesus has the power right now. And so he shows it. Then he goes up to Mary, and it's very beautiful. It's a different reaction. Martha, he explains himself. Mary, he's deeply moved. Because Mary, she comes up before him and throws herself at his feet. And even then, in the midst of her tears, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. One is always that practical response, and the other is that uh, emotive response, that response of all of her heart. And Jesus, what does he do? It says, at the sight of her tears, and those of the Jews, he follows her, and he is under great distress. And actually, right after that, there's the shortest verse in the whole Bible. It's good to remember it. And it depends on your translation. It's between two and three words. Easy to remember. Jesus wept. That's it. Jesus cried. He wept. And there, even in just that one verse, you can give a whole homily. The fact that he came down on this earth and he wept. He wept with us. Put before the face of death. He purposely chose to face death, first of all. And before the face of death, he wept. Even knowing that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he wept. And the great movement of his heart in seeing how horrible the reality of death is, he cries. 
and how much God walks with us. And often, I, as a priest, I've been stuck before this mystery of pain and suffering, you know? And in my own life, of course, and in the lives of others. And this mystery of pain and suffering, there are times where you do have to give that response, that verbal response, clarifying things, putting things back in order, you know? Because sometimes we get so confused in the midst of that, that we get lost. We start to doubt or lose our way. And so before Martha, he sets it straight again in a compassionate way, just putting all things in order, that we live of hope, that we do not despair. And then facing Mary, she's not asking for an intellectual response. He just cries with her. And for now, all of eternity, God weeps with us. He cries with us. But then we hear that first reading, that first reading, which is definitely the most powerful passage in the Old Testament speaking about the resurrection. And it's about them bones, them bones, them dry bones, that famous passage, you know? Where he says that those dry bones will rise. I shall put my spirit in you and you will live. And I shall resettle you on your own soil. And you will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, my people. Saying, Quite strongly, he will raise us from the grave. And then he looks at the tomb. Staring at that tomb, he says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, rise. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. Is not just about the truth, but he is the way that we follow. It's not just what he says, is what he did. He did not get caught up in this series of domination, you know, where I am being dominated and so I have to dominate, where I have to be in charge. He doesn't get caught up in that. He lays down his life and love and offers himself entirely to the Father. He is the truth. He points us in the direction. He points us where we must go. Not the truth in the abstract sense, in the sense of like, I don't know, mathematics, two plus two equals four. The truth in the sense that he points us towards a person, the person of the Father, the person to whom we're all going. And today, he is the life. And I hope you know that God is dwelling within you. He is the reason why I wake up in the morning, quite literally. He is the reason why I'm standing before you today. Because he is our life. He is my life. He is your life. He dwells within us. And he teaches us to cry out, Abba, Father. And that's why we say our Father, 
He teaches us to cry out with him, to cry out in his spirit so that we might come alive again, we might hope, and that we might follow him. So let us ask that these three catechumens that are getting ready to be baptized this Easter vigil, that the Lord might prepare their hearts. Very simply, he might send his spirit into them, chasing out of their hearts and our hearts all evil, so that they might walk behind Christ, who is our way, our truth, and our life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.